Hello, welcome to this episode of Complete Terp from Sophie Llewellyn-Smith. Some of you probably know me from my social media profile or handle, The Interpreting Coach. This is the podcast for all things interpreting, and I look particularly at interpreting skills, mindset, and marketing. It's holistic CPD for interpreters, if you like, continuing professional development with a focus not just on how you can find more clients or make more money, but on you as a person who runs an interpreting business, like it or not, and uh, who is looking for a balance in your life, probably between your professional activities and feeling okay. So I cover a variety of topics, but today I'm going to talk about reviving interpreting skills that have fallen into disuse. I'll be talking specifically about how to refresh your skills if you have a retour. In other words, if you interpret from your mother tongue into a B language. Now, in previous episodes, I've talked about refreshing your consecutive and refreshing your simultaneous. And I was saying I thought simultaneous was a bit more like riding a bike. It doesn't take too long to get back into the swing of things. And the limiting factor to the success of your simultaneous when you revive it is not always interpreting technique. It's often confidence or the fact that your passive languages have gone rusty. Consecutive skills are a little bit different because note-taking technique comes into play. And I think reviving a consecutive is more like taking up an instrument again after a long time where it takes a while for your fingers to get fast enough again on the keys or on the frets of a guitar. Uh, You have to build up your speed again and go back to doing the scales and some of the basics so that your technique is in tip-top shape. What about retour? Do I have a good analogy for you or even a bad analogy for you? And unfortunately, I think the answer is no. What I would say for retour is that resurrecting a a long unused retour or refreshing your retour skills is something that requires both technique and knowledge because you need to have the vocabulary at your fingertips in your B language and you need a repertoire of set phrases that are going to get you through certain interpreting situations. So you need both the technique in the sense of the coping strategies which are different sometimes from the ones you use when you're working into your mother tongue and you need some knowledge you need some vocabulary and set phrases and because you need those two things and knowledge is something that can very quickly dissipate or go rusty I think that it's particularly important with retour to be consistent with your practice. And that means I don't think it's ideal to not do any retour interpreting for six months or a year and then try and refresh it really, really quickly and intensively and then let it wither for another six months or a year. I think that's that's the roller coaster of stress when it comes to retour. 
I think uh, it's a skill that needs really regular attention and practice. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to sit down three times a week and do an hour of practice. There are lots of things that you can do that will help your retour that are not specifically interpreting exercises. But I do think that it requires a conscious and regular effort. Now, when people have not worked in retour for a long time, I think there are some fairly typical issues that occur. And they are that the delivery can be slow or lacking in confidence, that the interpreter is often too literal, too close to the original syntax, for example, and then there's a risk of linguistic interference or simply of just not sounding natural or idiomatic in the target language. The interpreter might have slow reflexes and then takes too long to think of the appropriate rendition in the B language. Sometimes the interpreter can't think of certain collocations or set phrases or, or even buzzwords, things that are in the news right now. And the result of most of these things, if not all of them, is that the interpreter has a slow delivery, a hesitant delivery, and or leaves gaps. There are omissions and some of the information is missing. And one particular issue then becomes dealing with speed. If you have a speaker who's very fast or very dense and your retour is rusty, you can very quickly feel overwhelmed and like you simply can't convey that information fast enough or, or uh, with a decent mastery of your B language. So, how to approach refreshing your retour language. I've used some big words that I'm going to come at you with in the next section. And the first big word is immersion, immersion. It's quite difficult, I think, to get back to a good standard with your retour language if you keep it in a box and you only unpack it from that box twice a week when you do an hour of practice. Do you see what I mean? If, you, if that's the only thing that you do for your retour, it's going to be quite difficult to make major improvements in a relatively short space of time. Now, I'm sure as linguists, you know, everybody knows that the best way to improve a language and improve your speech in that language is to go and spend two weeks in that country and do nothing but listen to the language, speak the language, read the papers, watch telly, etc. And if you can do that, by all means, go on an intensive retour course. There are a few here and there, and go and spend two weeks in August or something um, doing a retour course and getting some feedback on your retour. Or even if it's not an interpreting course, you could go and immerse yourself in the country or the language on a language course rather than an interpreting course. And if you can't do any of those, then at the very least try and get in the zone before you interpret into your retour. So for example, if you have an assignment working into your B language, then maybe on that day you wake up and you listen to the news in that language, you listen to a podcast in that language on the way to work, or you do a quick warm-up speech in that language, don't forget the value and the importance of working from a B into a B. So, for example, before your actual interpreting assignment or before your interpreting practice session, 
you could do some shadowing from your B language into your B language or a reformulation exercise where, for example, if your retour language is English, you would listen to an English speech and reformulate it in simultaneous. So those are lots of ways that you can get into that interpreting zone and fire up your synapses and that part of you that can express itself in your B language as opposed to translating between your A and your B language. Because that's the real risk, I think, when people lose confidence or haven't done it for a while, they fall back on a translation-based approach, which doesn't produce very good results in retour. Okay, that was immersion. The next big word I have for you is activation. And I've already touched on a lot of the principles already. What I mean by that is that often when I ask people what they do to practice their retour, they will say to me, uh, I read the papers in my B language or I listen to the radio in my B language. And I'm always tempted to say, and then what? And then what? Because your goal is to be able to speak it, speak your B language fluently and idiomatically. But if everything that you're doing to boost that language is passive, if it's just hearing or seeing information, but you never speak, you never utter it out loud, you never have to construct sentences, then how much is it actually going to help your retour? So in order to practice constructively, you need to do things that are going to bring your knowledge up to the surface and activate uh, your B language. For example, if you mispronounce something and you've recorded yourself and you pick it up when you listen back to the recording or somebody tells you that you've mispronounced certain words, it's, it's not enough just to nod your head and go, oh, right, okay. You then have to make up some sentences in order to anchor the new pronunciation or the new syllable stress in your mind. So if you've always mistakenly said category instead of category, it's going to take some repeated effort and drills to get the new version into your head. Make up some example sentences, read out loud, do some shadowing. But also, as I was saying earlier, before you start interpreting a speech, you already know the topic, do some work upstream in order to bring all that vocabulary and the useful set phrases and structures up to the surface. So maybe um, do some English English work if English is your retour language. Or another thing that you can do is go and find two articles in the press, one in your source language and one in your target language, and on the same topic, and then compare the structures, the wording, how they express certain key terms. And that should give you some tools so that when you then interpret a speech on the same topic, you already have some usable chunks that you can throw in there and know that you are sounding convincing. So activation, if you want to practice constructively, you need to always go that step further towards activating the new knowledge you have, activating the vocabulary. Reflection is my next word. Don't practice randomly. By that I mean, uh, don't say to yourself, oh, well, when I have time, I will sit down and interpret two speeches. And you then randomly pick two speeches, you interpret them, and then you go away, and that was it. That was your practice session. 
that is not necessarily the most constructive way you can approach it. Although I'm not saying there's no value whatsoever in that approach. But see if you can be more targeted. For example, you might choose speeches on a particular topic because that's going to be more relevant to the kind of work that you do. But also reflect on your progress. If you record your performance and listen back to it, it's much easier than to reflect on what went well and what didn't. You can think, oh, I didn't express that very well in this section. What could I have said instead? And you can then use a collocations dictionary or a thesaurus to help you if you don't have a nice native speaker who will give you ideas. But also you can use these recordings as a benchmark and for example, you could go back to the same speech several weeks later, or maybe even several months later, and compare your performance to what you did first time round. That can be very motivational. You can even dig deeper and reflect specifically on certain technique aspects of your interpreting. For example, you might like to listen to one of your recordings and think, am I too close to the syntax of the original? the word order, um, am I not summarizing enough, the A language is very wordy, for example, it's Italian, what can I do to change that syntax and sound more natural in my B language? Or you might listen and think, is my décalage long enough to allow me to think about how I'm going to express this correctly in the target language? Or do I need to work on having a slightly longer décalage? Or you might think to yourself, um, in my A language, there are long and complicated sentences and I'm reproducing the same in the B language because I'm afraid that I'll leave information out. But actually, I'd be much better off using salami technique and chunking those long, complicated sentences. So what exercises can I do specifically to work on chunking? And there you'll find lots of ideas for specific exercises in Andy Gillis's book, of which you will find the reference in the show notes. So, so far we've had immersion, activation, reflection, and I'm going to finish with consistency. I'm looping back to the beginning, really. Refreshing and maintaining a retour require regular, consistent effort over the long term. But I would far rather that you did a well-designed session than random practice. For example, it depends what your weaknesses are. But once you've identified your weaknesses, you might have your little routine of, I'm going to spend X number of minutes working on numbers and doing number dictation. And then I'm going to spend five minutes shadowing a speaker of my B language. And then I will interpret a speech, record it, listen back to it. And wherever I've picked up some slightly awkward expression in the B language, I will look for a better expression and make up an example sentence with that expression so it becomes part of my active vocabulary. That might be your routine. Or your routine might be, I'm going to pick one speech to interpret from mother tongue into B language. And then I will look for one short podcast in my B language on the same topic. 
And my routine will be listen to that podcast, give an oral summary in my B language, and then look at two articles from the press on the same topic and write down five useful phrases from them and then interpret the speech. That will depend partly on you, how much time you have available, what your weaknesses are, but consistency with a retort is just very, very important. If you lose contact with the language, it's hard to dredge it back up again. Um, it's hard to express yourself idiomatically if you don't have some kind of contact with the language. Now, that doesn't mean it always has to be really focused, uh, serious practice sessions. There are plenty of fun things that you can still do. For example, you can play games like Taboo or Articulate, which are a lot of fun anyway, but fun to do with a B language. Uh, and you can, of course, watch, let's say, watch, a f watch films in your B language. Read magazines in your B language. I'm not saying you can never do those things, um, but it is important to have some more active practice in there as well. To sum up then, I would say, write a plan if you need to revive your B language and schedule time for your retour. I think one of the very understandable mistakes people make is to say, uh, oh, for this year, my CPD goal is to work on my retour, but they don't have a plan. And they think to themselves, well, if I don't have an assignment on a particular day of the week, then I'll do some practice. But if you don't schedule it in, the chances are that you won't actually do it. <laughs> so make time for your retour. Put it into your diary. Include some fun activities. I've talked about some of those. And there are many more fun activities. Uh, not even games, but depending where you live and whether you live in the country of your B language, you could go to all kinds of events or clubs or wine tastings or, or whatever, or join a debating club. Thirdly, make yourself accountable so that you don't just forget to do it or neglect your practice. There are so many ways that you can make yourself accountable. You could have a notebook where you write down your intention and then you uh, write a few sentences after each practice session to reflect on how it went. Or you could have a colleague who would be your accountability partner and you'd say to them, right, uh, I am planning to do two sessions of retour practice this week and I'll let you know if I did them. Or you could join co-working sessions. There are co-working sessions popping up. If you're a member of Tech Forward's insiders community, then um, you're entitled to join co-working sessions. And I run co-working sessions now on a Friday evening at five o'clock CET which are free and you can just come along and work on whatever it is you want to work on. So those are all good ways of making yourself accountable. Or join a practice group on Facebook, or join one of the interpreters group on Facebook, uh, or join an actual interpreting practice group like IBPG or PIPS or Amerivox. And the last thing I want to say, I guess, is that you need to view working on your retour, maintaining it or improving it as a long-term exercise. I often get people coming to me and they say, I have a retour test in six weeks, will you coach me? To which the answer is, yes, I can do that, but I certainly can't guarantee that you will pass the test after six weeks. <laughs> because working on language, as you know, is something that takes a long time. 
And if you already had a very good level in your B language, then it won't take as long to, to refresh it and revive it and get it back up to a good standard. But maintenance is just an ongoing task. It's like maintaining your C languages. It's like maintaining any other professional skill. You should view working on your retour, I think, as part of your CPD, part of your continuing professional development. It's a must. It's something that should go without saying that you continue working on your retour. But I'd be interested to hear what you think. So please do send me an email at info at the interpreting dot coach dot coach. No way. Dot com. Info at the interpreting coach dot com. I will put some links and references for you in this week's show notes. And please do let me know what you would like me to talk about next. Is it something about mindset? Is it something about interpreting skills? a specific aspect of consecutive or simultaneous perhaps, or something else. Just shoot me an email and let me know and I'll see what I can do. Hope you enjoyed today's episode.